Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Happy summer. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Grace Plus Boundaries, Navigating Intergenerational Trauma with me, Erin Hartz. Here we are in another round of learning how to heal ourselves and navigate what are we going to do with these relationships in our life that aren't working quite the way we want them to. So if you're in that position with your relationship with your mother, like I am, or maybe you're in this position with another relationship in your life, you can use this podcast today to help you see how you can heal yourself and not need that other person in the room with you to do so. So that's what we're going to be talking today. We're going to be talking about how do we relieve ourselves from that burden of a mother wound or a different type of wound, but I'm just going to focus on the mother wound today. I'm going to give you a path to relieve that wound for yourself, and it's a practice that you'll do every day. I'll be talking about that. And one of this idea comes from what I learned from my therapy session with Mark Woolen. And it also comes from another thing that I'll be talking about. This is a idea that maybe you guys have heard before, but I'll give you the steps that you can do it too if you want to start healing that wound that you have with another person. So when I talk to Mark Hulin, this is like my second podcast that I'm really unpacking what happened with him in my therapy session. I appreciate your patience in allowing me to talk about this again. Mark Woolen's research is really cutting edge, and I just noticed as I was preparing for this episode, I went on his website to see if I could just make sure that, you know, I really think he knows his stuff, and man, he has so many awards, and I saw on his website, too, that he was named one of Oprah Daily's top 10 books to read about trauma and therapy in 2023, so this year, he's in the top 10, and that book that he wrote that I'll put in the show notes, it's called It Didn't Start With You, and it's about inherited family trauma. That book was written in 2017, so it's taken us as a culture about six years to even start recognizing his work as something profound. Maybe. I mean, that's my take on it, and that's what I'm seeing from the awards he's getting at this point in his career. It seems like maybe it wasn't as popular, this idea of intergenerational trauma, a few years ago. And and I'm so into it because I think if we can understand this idea of how trauma is passed down, then we can start healing it, right? That we can see a bigger, broader picture of how to heal it so that we don't keep just passing that bag down. I got this huge, heavy bag from my parents, and now 
Hopefully I can empty it out a little bit before I pass it back down to my son. You know, that's really what I hope is for the future because, gosh, we've got a lot going on on this planet and we need the most loving, caring, gentle people that are hopefully going to save this planet in the in the years to come. And I think that that could possibly happen. I'm hopeful because we are learning how to connect more in the inside. That's a tangential topic, though. Okay, so let's get back to healing our mother wounds. Mark Woolen says that 85% of people have mother wounds that are unhealed. Now, I'm not sure exactly where he got that fact, but I know he does a lot of research. And I would imagine that that's probably true. So a lot of us in that 85%, like me, 10 years ago, I didn't know I had a mother wound. It took me my divorce and starting to see how my mom reacted when I was getting divorced to start noticing that, hmm, my mom's emotions are not really the place I was thinking they were. You know, I thought she was able to support me and and love me for me and let me be myself, but I started to see some cracks in that surface and I realized that I have a big mother wound, you know, and I've been trying to heal it for a long time. I don't think I used those words to describe it in the beginning, though. I was just kind of more like, what is going on here? What? I thought my mom was so perfect and wonderful for the first 35 years of my life, pretty much. And then when I started seeing the truth and getting out of denial about my trauma and my past, I started seeing that my relationship with my mom was very fraught and it was not connected in the way that I hoped it would be. So that was really sad. And it also lifting that denial when you see the trauma that you've been through and the abuse, um, like mine was a lot of emotional neglect, it's very invisible. You know, it's hard to detect and it's taken me many years to be able to put my finger on exactly what it was that happened to me as a kid because it looked like I had everything, you know, house, vacations, um, good education, did well in school, you know, on the outside, everything looked perfect. But on the inside, I was a really sad kid who got sexually abused and then went on to marry an abusive partner later in life. That didn't just happen because of nothing. You know, I've read memoirs, a lot of memoirs about women that have married someone and then they found out they were narcissist or abusive or whatever. And in those memoirs, there's a lot of women that because probably there wasn't enough literature out there of what was going on there, a lot of them just think it was like luck or bad luck, you know, that got them into that relationship. But I 100% don't think it was luck of the draw that got me into an abusive relationship. The partner that we marry or the partner that we're with is actually a representation of our mother. That's what Mark Willen believes. And take that with a grain of salt. That's one researcher's hypothesis. I think it's a pretty decent hypothesis, though. If we think about if we marry someone, that that person embodies the wounding that we have with our mother. So even if I was a man and I married a woman, my wounding would be with my mother. So my partner, my wife would be the representation of 
my mother. And the way, I don't know, the world, the universe does this is for us to heal those wounds. I guess in some way that I wouldn't have foreseen, I mean, that kind of happened to me, right? Like I married someone and then I got divorced and realized I had this huge wound and now I'm actually healing it. So it didn't heal through the relationship, but it healed through the breakup of that relationship. It's like if I chose not to do that, though, I would have just had to keep living my life married to that person that I was disconnected from. And then probably a lot of my isms would have gotten a lot worse, alcoholism maybe, or my um, codependency, or just probably things would have gotten piled on and a lot worse. So I went through a lot of grief when I realized that my mom wasn't the person really I thought she was when I was a kid. And, you know, I I want to just put in here too that I really do truly understand in a new way that so much of the stuff that we do is just kind of programmed into us because of the family we came from and the wounding that they had. And sometimes there's just circumstantial things that cause wounding, such as I mentioned in the last episode where I talked about Mark Woolen's therapy. We talked about incubator babies and the fact that if you are a rainbow baby, um, someone who was born after your mom had a miscarriage, um, that in our culture has become like this thing like, oh, this is a beautiful thing, the rainbow baby, and it is a beautiful thing, but it also is something hidden there behind the rainbow baby is all this sadness, right? This like grief. And if that rainbow baby is in the womb, they are going to feel that grief and sadness that their mom is extra worried about this pregnancy. And, you know, to different extents with each person, of course. And so, for instance, you know, with my mom, um, she had a miscarriage before she had me, and then I was born really early, so I had those kind of two things stacked up against me as an infant, and that did create a break in the bond between us. So I do believe that, and that was not something that my mom could have controlled. You know, she didn't intend to do that, and so much of the things are like that in life, that it's not like my mom intended to be emotionally neglectful. You know, it was just the way she was raised too. She didn't mean to be like that. And there's certain people that can maybe start noticing things and change and grow, but there really weren't a lot of resources out there before now to help moms or dads or people break that cycle and realize how important it is to free our energy so that we can be more conscious as we parent. My parents did a lot of things better in their parenting than their parents did. So of course they think that I had an ideal childhood. And in some ways, you know, it was if you compare it to their parents or their childhoods or their grandparents' childhoods. Yeah, I mean, if you're going from like poverty to now having a house, like that's a huge step forward. But sadly, the way trauma moves forward, it just gets kind of more invisible and more invisible. And then it keeps cycling and it keeps damaging the lives of 
of individuals and it's insidious. I have a break in the bond with my mom. Mark Willen might say that's because of my birth and things like that. And I'll say, yes, there's that part. But there's also a part of it as just the person that my mom is. And we, she and I are not able to have a strong connection together because of just the way that she is, sadly. In the past, I've really tried to be different and have my boundaries, and I really have tried to influence her behavior based on things that I wanted, and that has not worked. The only thing that has worked is when I have grieved the loss of the relationship I want with my mom, which is very hard and painful and takes lots of time crying on my own. What has worked is me spending less time with her because I can't control how she thinks and feels. And I don't feel good after seeing her because the things that she says to me feel like they are not comforting. They're not what I want to hear. It doesn't seem like she has the capacity to see me as an individual person living my own life. Part of this is my fault now too. In the past, it wasn't my fault. I was a victim. Now that I'm really trying to fix this, I have some responsibility here and to stop trying to influence her behavior or change her behavior in any way. Mark Willen disagrees with me about this. He didn't know me and my situation very well though, right? Because we only met for two hours. So he doesn't know my mom and I'm not sure what he thinks about those who are unable to connect with others. And maybe he has a whole idea about that that we didn't have time to share. But I know that he told me to do A, B, and C, and I can do A, but B and C are things that it feels like I'm trying to influence the way my mom thinks and feels, and I'm not sure about that. I talked to my own therapist about it, and she was like, well, that's what you're trying to stop doing, Erin, is to try to stop getting your mom to act any differently. You're trying to stop trying to influence her behavior because it's more about accepting the fact that this person is this way and going on and living my life no matter what she thinks or feels about it. Yes, I still have some places to heal about my relationship with my mom. I am trying to bring grace to that, but I I also know that people act how they act and sometimes it's not 100% their fault, right? They're just who they are. Okay, so one of the things that Mark told me that I have been doing, and I believe in it because it's a practice I've done in another program too, is that he says that what I should do is get a visual of my mom when I was a child. So I found a picture of her when, you know, I was a kid. She was probably in her late 30s or 40s. Okay, and he said, bring it to your bed. He said to put it on the wall. I just have a picture that's on my nightstand. And it says to talk to your mom's higher self, like the spiritual version of her. Okay. And if I wanted to, I could speak into the universe and say something like this to her. Mom, please hold me while I'm sleeping so we can heal the bond that broke between us. And Teach me how to trust your love, how to receive it, how to let it in without taking care of you. Then I'm supposed to spend 60 seconds visualizing an energy current healing me and my bond with my mom. 
Okay, so I have done that a few times. Mark says to do it for three months every night. And I do think that this will help heal my side of the street, that there will be a healing in my heart about this, even if it has nothing to do with my mom. I do believe that spiritually something happens when we do that kind of prayer, right? To me, it sounds like a prayer. He didn't say it was a prayer at all. He's just kind of talking about spiritual spirituality and visualizing a current just in in the ether, right? But um, if I do that, then it's going to help me heal myself. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but um, it's really interesting. I've tried this a little bit in the past. There's a, pra- there's a practice in AA literature, in Alcoholics Anonymous literature, that does this. And there's a prayer in here called the Prayer of Acceptance. And so this is one that you could use if you had any type of resentment at all. So this one we're talking about today is with our moms, but this could be with any resentment. It could even be like about a resentment with politicians or a resentment that people are vegan or a resentment about the fact that you have to get an electric car in 10 years or I mean, whatever, you know, starts bugging us. Okay, you can use this prayer for anything. So here I'm going to read it. This is out of the book called Alcoholics Anonymous. If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them, and your prayers are only words, and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks, and you will find you have come to mean it, and you will want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. Okay, so that's from page 552 of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I just think that we could take the word God out of it if that makes you uncomfortable. And we could do it here, you know, where we just think about spiritually or think about it in our highest version of ourself, just visualize that connection with that person or just visualize, you know, believing, thinking the best for them, wanting the best for them. I know that that does help. I have tried it um, with different healings with people in my life who I felt resentful towards. And he, they say two weeks in there, Mark Wollen says three months. I mean, I think as long as you can do it would be good. And if you miss a night, you know, try it again, keep that practice. Some people say do two weeks in consecutive order. And if you miss one, you have to do another two weeks until you get that two weeks of consecutive days. Um, You know, whatever you think is right, like maybe that would be the way. If it doesn't work, then make sure you do those two weeks, you know. And there's something that heals inside of us. I just want to be clear in my energy with my mom, and I just want to be able to be myself around her and not worry about what she thinks or feels. So that's why Mark had come up with this particular sentence for me about how, please, mom, teach me how to trust your love without taking care of you. Because that had been the pattern for me and my mom is that I was always taking care of her 
in her emotions since I was a baby. And because we didn't have that connection in in the womb, because it was broken by factors that neither one of us had control over, I ended up coming out being very, very codependent because we didn't have that connection. So as a baby, I inherently just tried to make that connection by being everything that she needed emotionally. I could feel it and I'm an extremely sensitive person, just so happens. So I was able to feel all my mom's emotions from, you know, a very young age, if not from the second of conception. And I wanted to make her feel better and happy because that created the bond between us that I desperately needed to survive. So that helped me through my childhood that I had this bond with my mom and I would be able to make her happy by being the perfect little girl that she wanted me to be. But it stopped me from having an individual self and therefore then I ended up finding a partner that mirrored the way my mom and I had a relationship where I started doing everything for him and feeling his emotions for him and all that. And I had to break that pattern and I'm still working on it, right? And the reason this work is so important to me also, like, of course, I want to heal my own energy. Of course, I want to heal the relationship with my mom because I feel so guilty about it or have a lot in the past. But the other part of it is that if I don't heal this relationship with my mom, it's just going to keep coming out when I have a partner of my own. So whoever my partner is, they're going to be having me heal this too. And because the bond was so broken between me and my mom and the connection was so fraught, I was really attracting or maybe still am. I'm not sure if I'm out of the woods yet, but I was really attracting very broken people because I was still broken in that way of not knowing how to keep my emotionally energy to myself and having a boundary emotionally. And that's hopefully what this is going to help me do as I try to heal this mother wound. But it takes a long time and there's different layers, right? And um I don't know. Let me know what you think about it. Find me on Instagram. Tell me what you think about the episode. Um, There are a couple other things you can do to heal the relationship with your mom if you want to know about those like I'm not going to do them because it they seem very, very codependent to me. But according to Mark Wolin, those are the ways to do it. So if you enjoy his work and you want to hear those, let me know and I could do another episode about that if you're interested in what he had to say in that way. Okay, well, have a wonderful day. Hopefully you're enjoying the summer and I'll see you next time. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.